This is episode number 11 with Dr. Barbara Portsline. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nard, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. Welcome back everyone to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Before introducing today's guest, let me guys tell you a little bit more about the Mindset Nation community, a Facebook group that I highly recommend you to join. In this community, you have the chance to get in touch with other like-minded listeners, the incredible guests on the show, and of course with me, the host himself. You can ask questions, give feedback, and engage in different conversations. On top of that, you will know everything about the most important freebies and takeaways and the latest news about brand new episodes. You can join this community by simply clicking on the link in the show notes or visiting our website, MindsetHorizon.com. So let's dive into the introduction. My guest today is Dr. Barbara Portsline, and in this episode, we talk about the importance of building your business with intention and why simply taking action is not enough to grow your business. We also talk about the importance of the inner game, aka the mindset, and how limiting beliefs can hold us back from reaching our desired goals and what to do about it. Barbara shares tools and techniques on how to rewrite your limiting story, recognize your own gifts, and redesign your business in a systematic and intentional way. And now a couple of words about Barbara. So Dr. Barbara Portsline is the president at organization Rebel LLC and the co-developer of the P6 assessment. With over two decades of hands-on engagement in coaching, practicing, consulting, and teaching, Dr. Barbara Portsline has first-hand experience in the ebb and flow of individual and organizational growth and the pitfalls, challenges, opportunities, and dynamics that fuel successful individuals and businesses. She works with both corporations and entrepreneurs, helping them implement cost-effective strategies to create sustainable profits and reduce financial waste. Her clients have achieved such results as launching signature programs, turning side hustles into profitable businesses, increasing long-term revenue over 30%, successfully launching product lines, and transition from nearly shutting down their business to becoming profitable. Additionally, she has determined return on investments for her corporate clients and saved corporations hundreds of thousands of dollars. After realizing her psychic and intuitive gifts, Barbara now incorporates a combination of her extensive organizational development experience and her gift of intuition to help clients discover their sole purpose, remove limiting beliefs and blocks, and action their sole purpose into a sustainable business aligned with their vision. Her work supports a cross-discipline, integrated approach to strategy, which is like no other. So without further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Barbara, and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for contributing to this show. It is such a pleasure to have you here. Uh, before we go deeper into uh, your current business and what you do, would you tell us a little bit more about your background, life, and entrepreneurial journey? My background, life, and entrepreneurial journey. Okay, so... Um, 
I grew up in New York in um, a pretty well-to-do area. And the reason why I'm saying that is because um, one of the biggest pieces on my entrepreneurial journey was actually um, some beliefs I had around money and around work and all of these things. And so they impacted me in many ways. So I grew up in a pretty well-to-do area where a lot of people got whatever they wanted from young age. And Um, unfortunately for me at that time, I did not. And so I grew up, even though we had enough, it always felt like I wanted more. I always felt like I was in lack in some way. And so when I went out on my own, you know, fast forward 20s, 30s, I, um, I still carried around those beliefs of all of the things that I wanted because I felt like if I had material things, my life would be different. My life would be better. So when I was out on my own, I wound up uh, making a disaster of things. So I wound up spending a lot of money I didn't have and all of these things that impacted me in so many ways. So as I started my own business, I started my own business, um, I guess it was in my let's see, 1997. I can't figure that out. So I guess that was my late 20s. Yeah, my late 20s. I started my own business and I started it by trial and error, right? So I didn't really know how to do a business and I just kind of said, well, I'm going to start my own business and I'm just going to throw it out there. And um, I did organizational development, So I helped large organizations with their people, their processes, their practices, their promotions, productivity, and profit. And I did, um, I had a lot of clients and I had a lot of customers. I was good at what I did, but behind the scenes, it was a disaster. And a lot of that went back to the beliefs that I had when I was younger about wanting to buy things and have things and all these things I couldn't have. So I didn't really know how to hold on to money. So up front, everything looked great. And behind the scenes, it was really a disaster because every single penny I got in, I spent on something. And um, I wound up having a really hard time for many years growing a business. I'll stop mm-hmm. there because I don't want to keep talking. <laughs> could talk forever about this stuff. <laughs> wow. Uh, and what did, you, what did you do? What did you study actually before you were starting out as an entrepreneur? So my background was in psychology. I, I studied mm. clinical psychology. I always thought that I wanted to help people. And then in my 20s, I realized, oh, gosh, I've got a heck of a lot of problems myself. I'm like, I don't want to help people with their problems anymore. I'm going to go and help crazy organizations. Of course, I didn't realize they were made up of the same crazy people that I could have helped if I stayed in psychology. But that's a whole mm. other story. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And uh, what uh, advice give you actually to, to starting out entrepreneurs with uh, having all these experiences um, in mind? Well, you know, the one thing that I did not do was I wasn't very intentional when I started my business. So I always say that you need intention and action to make magic in your business. So you can have all of the intention in the world, right? You can say, I'm going to have this big business. I'm going to make tons of money. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be successful. And 
You can go out to the mountains with your crystals and your spandex and sit there and intend and intend and intend and nothing's going to happen. On the other hand, you can take tons of action, which is like, I'm going to open this up and I'm going to throw out this program and I'm going to do this. And you can take tons of action, but if it's not intentional, it's like throwing spaghetti against the wall, just hoping something will stick. So you really need both. You need to have intention and have your inner game in alignment with what you're doing in your business. And that's the only way that I believe that you can grow. Because for me, I I went back and forth between both. I was super super intentional, but I was sitting there trying to manifest millions of dollars, which just never came. And I was also taking a ton of action and it was all, all over the place. And so again, I couldn't really grow my business. Mm. Did you, did you actually have some kind of, did you, have you experienced a transformation in the past? So did you become more conscious, so to speak, when it comes to your business? And if yes, what made it possible? So that's a great question. Um, When I was super young, I used to believe I was magic. I used to believe I could make things happen. I used to believe that I knew how to read people and, and do all of these things and I could make my life the way I wanted. And then in my 20s and 30s, I thought, oh, that was just some of my crazy, you know, trying to deal with my situation in my own life. And it wasn't until my 40s, so my early 40s, I was at a really low period in my life. Um, Everything was, you know, it was a disaster behind the scenes. I had lost my house. I had to claim bankruptcy. I had all of these things that were hugely traumatic. My relationship wasn't doing well. And I was at that point. And if you're ever, you know, I don't know um, the listeners, but some of them, I'm sure at some point have been at that point where you're so low that you're really thinking like, can I go on? Or, you know, should I just like throw in the towel and just give up at this point? And I had to make a decision and I made a decision that I was going to go on, that I had to, you know, go on with my business, go on with my life. And I finally got to the point where I was willing to ask for help. You know, there were so many years where I just thought I could figure it out on my own because I figured things Mm -hmm. out since I was a child on my own. And I wound up, Um, it was interesting. After a series of events, I wound up um, starting a networking group, which is a very strange thing, you know, when you're really down and depressed and everything's going to crap, you know, you say, oh, well, let's start a networking group. But I did. I started a networking group. It was actually um, someone else's group. And I started a chapter here in Albuquerque, New Mexico for positive action oriented women. And I thought, okay, I want to be around positive people. I want to change my network. Maybe that'll help me. And it was interesting because all of the people that were joining were massage therapists and acupuncturists and doctors of oriental medicine and healers. And I kept thinking, um, who are all these woo-woo people? Why are they all following me? Like, why are they all in my space? Because I was very um, non-spiritual, non-religious. It was just completely strange to me. And I'm like, why are they all around me? They just want to fix me. And I was thinking, like, why are they there? And I didn't realize that I was one of them, right? I had no idea that if I was able to quiet my mind enough that I actually was super intuitive. I could turn in and find the answers to things that I really thought were completely things that I would never find the answers to. And so that was in my 
in my early 40s. And at that time, I started working with some teachers in the area of psychic abilities and intuition. And once I started doing that, I realized that all of the things when I was a child were actually gifts that I had. And I realized that everyone has those gifts. It's just about tuning into them. Mm. I definitely want to go into... uh intuition and all those topics but before we do that i want to go back to this asking for help which is something that we don't do because we might feel ashamed and i can resonate with that and i i can agree with that but for someone who is who is an entrepreneur and working on his business is it something that is absolutely not helpful what do you think about this why is it so what can we do uh to overcome this To overcome not asking for help. Yes. Uh, So, you know, it that's such a it's such a hard like it's such a hard thing for me to answer in some ways because for me it was around shame, right? I thought that I should be perfect, that I had to figure everything out on my own, that if I couldn't figure it out, I was an imposter. You know, how could I help other people with their business if if my stuff was a disaster? And if someone knew, if someone was really able to see that, then they would see that I was fake and I wasn't real. And that was the biggest part for me because admitting that I didn't have all of the answers and that I and then I I really did need some support was something that was so, so like against everything that I did for 40 something years of my life. And so I was really at that place where I was broken, right? You know, you either ask for help when things are going really well, or you're at the point of just disaster. And, and I finally let go of control. And it was hard, right? Because the other issue around it was um, not only asking help from like spiritual teachers and things like that. I had, I, I finally got business coaches that were that were able to look at my business in a different way and realizing that asking for help doesn't mean that you're a disaster or that you're messed up or you're an imposter. It means that sometimes you need someone else to just give you a different perspective mm-hmm. because you're so close to it that it's hard to see, you know, what you what changes you need to make. But for me, one of the pieces was also investing in myself mm-hmm. because although on the outside I looked like I had it all together, I looked like I had tons of confidence, I actually felt like I wasn't really worth investing in myself. So there was an extra piece there. Like I didn't want to spend money on myself. I didn't want to spend money on my business. And that was something that was really, really, um, it was a big block that I had to get through that, it, you know, is it worth it to spend $5,000 if you can add $50,000 to your business? Of course, but I couldn't see it then. Mm. Wow, it's it's really powerful. And what what did you work on actually? So was it intuition or which part of your business or of your life were you working on? Oh man, I'm a project. I was working on everything. <laughs> I needed everything. Um, you know, I work I actually think the biggest part was working on my limiting beliefs or, mm-hmm. you know, what I thought were my limiting beliefs at that time. So I realized that 
you can have the best coach in the world. You can have the best plan in the world. But if your mindset isn't aligned, you're still not going to get there. Because I would meet with people and they'd say, okay, do, you know, Facebook lives and get a webinar up and do, you know, have a funnel, all of this stuff. And I would say, okay, okay, that sounds good. And then when I got back, I would try these things and, and I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it my all because on one hand I was like, I don't want to do Facebook live. I don't want to put myself out there. And so I didn't do all the time what my coaches told me to do. And so that was the piece that I really needed to get in alignment, my inner game with my outside activities to grow my business. Mm, it is so powerful. And actually in your business organizational rebel, uh, you basically talk about this being a strategist and being an intuitive Would you share some other uh, main aspects of these two areas, being a business strategist and organizational intuitive, and what does it mean? How does it look like? So what I do now is I help people break through their perceived blocks so they can increase their income. And I do it in two ways. So I do do it through um, business strategy because that's what I've done forever, right? So I mm -hmm. help folks make a plan. I help them um, figure out based on their business what's the best steps for them to take to grow their business. But the intuition piece comes in because I finally have really uh, – I guess, tuned into that intuition where I can see people's blocks. Like I can literally see what's preventing them from going big in their business. And so I use a combination of both. So like I'll meet with someone and we'll map out a plan and then I can see right away if they're going to be able to do it or if they're not, or if we can, if we need to switch something and I can see why they may have some trouble moving forward. And I help them clear that. I help them clear their whatever those perceived blocks are. So sometimes I'll just look at somebody and I'll say, you know, um, I know that this is really hard for you to do because I know that work you have in your head that you have to work harder to make more money. And we really need to shift that because you actually don't need to work harder to make more money. And then they'll look at me and they'll say, oh my God, how did you know I was thinking that? And it's like, I can just feel it. So it's, it's something that it's very hard for me to explain. And it's something that just flows through me. And I feel so lucky and blessed to have it. And it may be because I've had all of those issues, right? I've had all of those blocks. I've had a ton of trauma in my life. And so I can see it in other people and I can feel it. Wow. Uh, intuition and mindset. And who are you focusing on with Organizational Rebel? Who are those people? Who are your ideal clients, so to speak? So... It's interesting because I have two areas where I focus. So Organizational Rebel, that company is it's about 80% of my income. And those are my larger clients. So I work with larger organizations, um, health departments, universities, private, private sector, and I help with people, process, practice, promotions, productivity, and profit. And I have a whole team. So I send in a team. I do an assessment and I look at what's out of alignment. And then my team goes in and helps them bring things into alignment. So mm -hmm. that's one half of my business. My passion and my purpose mm. is to help small business owners really break through their income plateaus so they can grow their business the fast way, 
right? Not the way I did it because it took me 40 something years to figure it out. So I work with individuals that are doing well in their business, but really want to go to the next level. So maybe they're making $100,000 and now they want to go to $500,000 or a million dollars. And so they might have a lot of really good things in place already. You know, the website, the funnels, the webinar, all of these pieces may be in place, but they feel stuck. Those are the folks that I really love working with. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to this uh, intuition, mindset, and being an intuitive, is it something that you use in organizational environments as well or only with individuals? Um, I can't turn it off. It happens all the time. I meet someone for coffee and all of a sudden I'm like giving them all of this unsolicited advice. I hope they, and they still come back. So I yeah. think it's okay. But yeah, it's something that just happens naturally. It's interesting mm -hmm. because a lot of people that I've come in contact with, they'll say like, I want to connect to spirit and get the answer to this or the answer to that. And for me, it just flows through me. I literally have trained myself to say whatever comes up in my mind. So, you know, a lot of times you'll be sitting with someone and you might have a thought, like a fleeting thought of some sort, and you don't say it because you're like, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I better, you know, focus. I've trained myself that whatever is coming through my mind, just say it because it may be relevant for that individual. So mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time really trusting my own gut or trusting mm -hmm. my own intuition. And it works. Like I was meeting with someone a couple of weeks ago and I, she kept talking and everything, like it just kept seeing a bed and breakfast. And I have no idea why, like that's not something I think about on a daily basis. And I said to her, I'm like, why do I keep seeing a bed and breakfast? And she like, oh my God, that's exactly what I've always wanted to do, but I feel so stuck where I am. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a big sign. Like that's something that you really need to do. And so I've just trained myself to say whatever's on my mind, whether it sounds ridiculous or not. Mm. Yeah. It, I think it's a really important topic and I'm actually also working on intuition um, or going deeper into this topic because when it comes to business, I think it is important. And how do you help people or support people to tap into intuition? What are some tools and techniques? That's a great question. A lot of times I will, I will, so I'll look at somebody and I'll know what they need to do. And some of the things that folks that come to me need to do are automatic writing. Automatic writing is something that is mm. super powerful. So Typically, if there is someone that I'm working with that gets up in the middle of the night panicked because of money. So, I, you know, I know what that feels like, right? To wake up in the middle of the night and, oh you know, you go to sleep and everything's okay. But then when you're sleeping, your mind starts getting all these crazy thoughts going and you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know what I have to do here. I have to talk to this person. And you just go crazy. So people like that, a lot of times I tell them before they go to sleep, get a junkie journal where it doesn't matter how neat you write, it doesn't matter anything, just do some automatic writing. And like literally just say, you know, today was a crappy day. I can't believe this happened, that happened. I'm so worried about this. Oh, life is good. You know, like whatever comes to your mind, like mm, yeah. just get it out without thinking and spend about 10 minutes getting all of that out. And a lot of times our subconscious fears and, and concerns will come out through that process if you really allow it to flow. So I tell people, set a timer for 10 minutes, write as much as you can automatically without thinking, and then go to sleep. And in the middle of the night, if you wake up, you know, just say, hey, 
I really deserve sleep tonight. I just want to connect to the me that feels light and easy and happy. And like literally ask, and I don't know who you're asking. It's either God, universe, spirit, your higher self, whatever. Just ask to reconnect to that that you that feels light and happy and not concerned and worried and just keep saying, I deserve to sleep. And it has really helped a lot of my clients because that panic and that stress in the middle of the night is so powerful. And if you can let some of that go beforehand, it makes a world of difference. So that's one tool that really helps mm. a lot of folks. I, I definitely use uh, the tool journaling and I found it very helpful for me as well. Uh, mm. I have some meditation practices as well in the morning and in the evening. And I wanted to go back to purpose because you were mentioning purpose when it came to your uh, um, business, uh, ideal clients, individuals. Why these people? You know, I have a soft spot for people that, uh, and I'll say this in quotes, that appeal appear to struggle. You know, I and I say struggle. Um, I do believe it's a choice, right? I believe that we choose to struggle. I believe that we choose to make things hard for ourselves. And so folks that are struggling or appearing to struggle, I have a soft spot because for a long time, I felt that way. I felt like I was struggling. I felt like things were so hard. Mm -hmm. And I just wish someone could come and take away that pain. And no one ever did. You know, it just like, it, it, it was really, really hard for me for a long time. And I lived in that, in that story. But as I got older, I started rewriting my story. I started realizing that it doesn't have to be that way, that a story is just how you, you know, how you perceive certain events. And so I want to help people rewrite their story mm -hmm. and realize no matter what age you are, you know, where you're from, what your background is, that you can live a life of confidence and ease and wealth and all of these things. And so I just, I have a soft spot for folks. I really do. Actually, you have this uh, three pillars approach when it comes to business transformation, rewriting your story. You have mentioned that, recognize and redesign. Would you tell us more about mm -hmm. that? Sure. So I think, um, so rewrite your story. Basically, when we're born, we're born with two fears, mm -hmm. the fear of being alone and the fear of falling. And every other fear or insecurity or anxiety is something that we've learned. And it's happened, you know, throughout our lives. So when someone says to you, you know, you're fat or you can't do this, you're stupid or you're ditzy or your book is never going to be on Oprah's book list or whatever it is. All of that stuff, it gets stuck and we wind up, even if we're not around people that are still saying those things, we, we, wound up, we wind up internalizing them and that becomes part of our story. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the most important thing is ignoring your logical mind and letting yourself rewrite your story. So a lot of my clients, I tell them, you know, I want you to write out your organizational story as if it was happening now. What is your vision? So in six months from now, if your logical mind wasn't interfering, who would you want to be working with? What would it look like? What would your day be? Look, mm. What would your day look like? How much money would be in your bank account? You know, who are you celebrating with? Like really write it out as if it was happening now. And I have them do it in a beautiful journal. And Every time, you know, every time they can to go back and still add to it and add to it because it's really hard to get to your dreams if you don't know what your dreams are. And so I have them write that out. 
And then I have them write out their junk story or their crap story or whatever you want to call it. And I tell them, you know, get a junky piece of paper, get a bottle of wine, get, you know, oils or get a box of tissues, whatever you need to do and write out why you're not there yet. You know, what are those limiting beliefs? What are all of the things that have prevented you? And I tell them in that story, they could blame whoever they want. You know, I usually say there's an expiration date when you have to stop blaming everyone else for your problems. But in that story, you can just blame whoever you want, get it all out, and then ceremoniously get rid of it. Like rip it up, burn it, um, get rid of it because it's not serving you. And so I feel like that's, it's a very cathartic experience. Actually, one of my clients did that and then she burned it on Facebook. So she like burnt her limiting beliefs and she put it on Facebook and recorded it. And I actually use it in some of my trainings because it's so powerful to like, let that go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first part is like realizing that you don't want to live in that old junk story anymore, that it's limiting for you. And you're never going to get to your dream if you're still living there. So then the second part is about recognizing your gifts. Because of our stories and our limiting beliefs, a lot of times we don't even realize how flippin' amazing we are. And so, again, one thing I ask my clients to do is write down, like without being humble, all of their gifts. And some people are very into like mantras and affirmations and all of that. I'm not so much into that. But what I recommend is that people, once they write down all of their gifts, to record it. And then if they want to listen to something, listen to their own voice talking about how amazing they are. And so they don't forget it because a lot of times we really do forget those things. And then once you're really set where you feel comfortable that you're not living in your old story, you know where you want to go and you're super crystal clear on it and you know what your gifts are and what you bring to the world, then I tell folks like keep yourself in check, right? So you're going to get a lot of people coming up to you, asking you to do different things, a lot of shiny objects that are going to look really good, but they're not in alignment with your vision. So you need to really take a step back and not always say, sure, I'll do this. Sure, I'll do this. Like really take a step back before you agree to do things and see, you know, is it in alignment with your story, your vision? Is it something that really helps portray your gifts to the world? Or is it just busy work? And if it's just busy work, I tell people, feel into your intuition and let it go and just say no. So those are the two two of the three steps. And then the third step is redesigning your business in a systematic and intentional way. So being really clear on you know, who your ideal clients are, what is the one result or outcome that you give to those clients Um, How do you do it? You know, what kind of programs, packaging, pricing, all of that stuff. And then I look at, you know, being intentional with your financial goals. If you want to make, you know, a million dollars a year, that's $83,333 a month. If you're working for 50 bucks an hour, you're not going to get there, right? Like there's just no way you can do it. So it's about looking at people's business models and making sure that it's realistic and that they have a tactical plan to reach their goals. Mm. It is a really uh, powerful, I would say, system. And I wanted to go back to vision and limiting belief. Uh, When it comes to fears, for example, I experience that vision can help me overcome my fears like having a positive vision really 
and focusing on that. So it, vision can be can be really powerful uh, itself. But when it comes to limiting beliefs and fears, limiting beliefs are always there, right? So they can come up. And so um, I was wondering for some of your clients, was it, for example, interesting to talk about beliefs? Because I think a lot of people for the first time don't really know what beliefs are. Like, uh, is it something I should believe in as a religion? So a lot of people can can think about religion first when it comes to belief, but it is not. It is something uh, that is connected to your mindset, something that you believe in. Maybe you believe that starting your own business is hard. You have to work very hard. What are those beliefs uh, and, and fears people are facing or your clients are facing? So a really big one is that you have to work harder to make more money. Mm. It's especially when I work with people that are currently in a full-time job and trading their hours for dollars. You know, they don't they they just think about things that way like, you know, well, I have to work 8 hours a day and I get paid, you know, $10 an hour, $20 an hour, whatever it is. And getting them to realize that if you have programs and packages that focus on results, you can actually make a lot more money in a, in a lot less time. But for folks that are so used to working that nine to five job, it is very difficult for them to picture something else. So I try to help them um, just see different possibilities. For example, one person that I was working with, she um, does training for leadership at an organization. And so when she came to me, you know, she was working as a trainer and she got paid hourly. And we talked about how can she leverage those skills and develop her own leadership program. And so that wasn't an even a thought in her head. But after we worked together, we decided that she was going to do like an online leadership program and it was going to be a group, a group program via Zoom, and she was going to have, you know, 10 people in there. And her goal was $5,000 a person for 10 people in there for a three-month program. And she wound up making those, making that um, goal, and she was able to quit her job. Mm -hmm. And she didn't realize that, you know, really for her, it was about an hour and a half session once a week with the group and about an hour and a half prep. So for three hours a week, she was making way more money than she was at her at her full-time job. But getting her to see that that was even a possibility yeah. is something, you know, that's so hard because we have our beliefs around how we work and how we're supposed to work. So that's one that comes up a lot, that you can work less and actually make more money. Um, there's a lot of beliefs around just what people can do. Like some folks I, I meet with, they think they need a million certifications mm -hmm. and a million, you know, they need every single certification. They need to go to every single program before they're credible to do work. And that's another one, you know, like I have to be a lifelong learner and then you just never implement anything. So I meet people like that a lot of times. I'm like, why do you have to go to this coaching program? Do you know how to coach? Have you been through this thing? You know, yes, it's great to have some extra skills. Sure but you don't need to be in school for 20 years to be able to do stuff if you've lived this and you can give people results. Mm -hmm. So that's another example. Yeah, it is so powerful. And I want to go back to possibility because I was actually fascinated by this term, the mindset of possibilities, 
this is something mm-hmm. that I experienced in, in the last three years as I moved abroad and I experienced different things. And one of the key uh, idea that we should know about or listeners should know about is that we mainly build beliefs uh, based on past experiences or knowledge or information from people or or, you know, we, we read a book through knowledge and things like that, but mainly through experiences and mainly past experiences. And if we d- don't really experience new things, possibilities, let's say I had different possibilities, opportunities in Hungary, then in Germany, then in Austria, you know, the mindset of people and all those things uh, had an impact on me when it came to my mindset. And so what I'm trying to say is that this is really important to look for opportunities and possibilities and expand your horizons basically um, and generate new beliefs and you can do that by visualizing um, any positive outcome that's why i think vision is so important because basically you can have beliefs based on desired, uh, visualized, envisioned outcomes. So you don't have to experience that. And another very important thing connected to beliefs is identity, which is, I think, uh, actually above beliefs. So who am I? Mm -hmm. Because you will follow through on your dreams if you really believe that you are that person who can do that, right? If you don't believe that you are that business owner and you can earn that money, you won't do that. So beliefs are very much connected to that identity. And yeah, um, you just need to yeah work on that. I think, I think sometimes, um, you know, I think sometimes having people switch their beliefs is, is, it's very, it's not, it's not easy, right? Like you can't say, Barbara, switch your belief. You know, tomorrow I want yeah. you to wake up and be confident. <laughs> However, um, you know, it, it's like, you can say you want to do it, right? You can say, okay, I'm going to be super confident. And then something hits and you're like, oh my God, my life is a mess. So it is, it is challenging. It's not something that happens automatically, but there are these things like the visioning and like, even, you know, like I said, recording yourself, telling yourself, how amazing you are so you don't lose sight of the things that you came up with that you know that you're special. Um, I think also questioning some of your beliefs and saying, you know, what if this wasn't true? What if this, you know, was never true and I actually wasn't ditzy or I wasn't um, reckless with money or whatever it is, you know, what is the possibility that that not be true? And then what would I do differently? And living in that that world can also be really helpful Mm, for folks. Exactly. And also the awareness around beliefs. So I think for, for a lot of people, and that's why I asked, what your customers um, say about beliefs because the awareness around beliefs is also hard. Like, how do I get aware around my beliefs, right? What beliefs do I have? I don't know, you know. Um, maybe I think something, you know, starting a business is impossible for me. And the thing that you actually can do is, yes, asking uh, the belief, uh, why do I believe that it is it is true for me, mm-hmm. uh, look for the fact uh, that the belief is based on. So first of all, question the belief. Why do I believe that I can start my own business? And so based on what? Based on some kind of an experience that I had in the past, or I just heard some something, an information you know, from someone, 
I watched a movie or something like that. You know, it can be sometimes imagination in the past. I imagined, I thought that business, starting a business is is difficult. And then later on, you know, 10 years later, I I don't think about why I have this belief. I just have it. And I have never questioned that belief, so to speak. So I think it's really, really, really important to work on beliefs and it's very much connected to the mindset because uh, it's a filter as well through which you see the world and the possibilities basically so if you don't believe you won't be able to do that and so powerful topic thank you very much for sharing all those uh, ideas and in one of your interviews you were talking about ego and intuition and the difference between those two uh what is the difference between how can you recognize the difference um and i got this from one of my coaches who's been instrumental in helping me with my intuition her name is candace thomas she's absolutely amazing and she taught me something that's so valuable usually your intuition is the first thing that comes, Mm. right? So you're thinking like, should I go, um, should I go out on this date? And your intuition is like, yes. Well, that's usually the first thing. And then the second thing is your ego. Your ego is the thing that sets in and it's like, well, I don't know if I really like him. And I don't know if he's really good looking enough. And I don't know what he does for a living. And you know, all of that questioning stuff is usually your ego setting in. It's usually your intuition, which is the first piece that comes to you. And it's usually not a sexy response. It has no emotion to it. So it's like simple yes or no. It's not, you know, we're looking for like some sign, like this is the one this is the person that I need to be with. Oh my gosh. And it's like, no, it just says, yeah, go out with them. That's it. And so um, it's usually your ego that has all of the emotion connected to it. And your intuition is usually the first thing that pops Mm. into your head. Very powerful. And ego sometimes also uh, gets in the way, right? Um, So when it comes to, I don't know, asking for help or something like that, and you know, it it is not... uh, being of service uh, a lot of time, I would say. Uh, You have also mentioned P6 assessment. Uh, Is it something that is connected to to your business when you work with individuals or is it uh, to the organizational level? It's actually both. So um, the P6 assessment is a tool that I developed a few years ago with one of my colleagues, Chanel Manella, and we we used it first in larger organizations. And it looks at six areas, which are people, process, practice, promotions, productivity, and profit. And I recently modified it for small business owners. So one thing that I do differently than other folks, I don't just offer a solution. Like if someone comes to me and says, Barbara, I need to make more money. I need to build my business. I'm stuck. I really do a very thorough analysis process because so many people just have an intervention or a solution. They're like, okay, well, let's get a funnel, let's get a webinar, and let's get going. And it's like, no, 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 no. We really need to look at what's off in your business to start with. You know, where where are you, where mm-hmm. you want to be? And those six areas that I mentioned 
are really the foundation of a sustainable mm-hmm. company. You know, it's one thing to have a business where it's just you, and it's another to have a sustainable company that has systems and structures in place to move forward. So with my smaller um, business clients and with my larger, I still use that assessment to make sure we kind of have a baseline and we know what their dreams are, where they want to go before we start just thinking mm-hmm. of interventions. So is it is it for people who actually have a team or a bigger system, like not solopreneurs or freelancers? Is it for entrepreneurs mainly who have a team or a system in place? It's actually for both. I, I modified it for solopreneurs mm-hmm. and small business people because it looks at what, you know, what do they want in the future? Because the hope is most of the people I work with are not going to just want to be just a one man show forever because it's very hard to go on vacation and have all the freedom you want if it's just you. So it's looking at ways that they can automate things. They can delegate things to other folks and all of that. So yeah, I use it with both. Mm -hmm. And what are the ways you actually deliver your services to these people? So I, um, I do in person, I work with people usually over three months, three months is kind of my sweet spot. I realized, um, I started doing six months working with folks and, um, I'm really quick. And so I help them like my, my job is to work myself out of work. I'm not like a therapist. Like I don't want to be with people forever. I love that (laughs) model, but it doesn't work for me. So it really is about helping people, um, quickly and efficiently build their business and get whatever, you know, whatever the goals are. So I work with folks over three months. I do individual work and then I also have several group programs and then I do retreats in Hawaii, which, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't beat that. That's the best thing of everything I do that's my favorite. Mm. Is it a breakthrough program or workshop retreat? Would you would you tell us more about that? Yeah, it's my business breakthrough retreat. You got it. Um, so it, that one is, um, I do it in Maui in this beautiful mm. location, which is super woo-woo. You know, it has like crystals underground and saltwater pool and everything's feng shui. You know, it's it's absolutely beautiful. And I meet with folks beforehand and we figure out, you know, what are their expectations? What do they want to get out of the retreat? Um, what are their goals for their business? The same thing. We do a thorough analysis. And then based on that, it's so interesting because every time I do it, the right people show up. So there's always patterns and themes among all the folks that are going, which is, it's, I don't know how it's like magic. It really does work out perfectly. And so we have specific goals that each person is going to accomplish. Like it might be that they need to develop their signature presentation, or they want to write a book, or they want to plan out their programs. And at the same time, there's themes for the group. Like the last one we did, the themes were around tapping into our intuition and using our own guidance, Mm. um, owning our value, making things flow and easier instead of so hard. And so then, um, I plan the retreat based on those things and, um, Everyone that comes just has transformational results. And I usually have one or two co-facilitators. And this time, um, I have some great folks helping me. And um, it's it's just a magical experience. But I think a lot of times people just need to be away from their regular environment so they can really focus on themselves. And they can, you know, we use Oracle cards and we do like drawing. I like to say it's like art therapy in some ways, like we draw things and um, use our intuition to explain what they are and just some like out of the box kind of techniques. Mm, sounds really interesting. Uh, is it possible to join? 
<laughs> yeah, right. You should come. You should definitely come. You saw the website. You've got all the info. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great. Um, and before I ask my last question, tell people where they can find you online. Um, you can find me at mentorbarb.com. That's the easiest way. It goes to my website and my webinar. Mm -hmm. Mentorbarb.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my last question is where do you see yourself and organizational rebel in 10 years or your business? Oh, wow. I see myself exactly what I'm doing now. Honestly, I love my life. Um, I'm finally at that place where I can say I really do love my life and love my business. I do retreats in Hawaii mm -hmm. three or four times a year. Wow. I have about three or four individual clients at any time. And then I run a few groups throughout the year. And that's all I want to wow. do. You know, I work I work on my terms, which is so fun. and. Um, yeah, I, I I love to work when I want to work because it's so much fun. And so, yeah, that's it. I mean, it really is doing exactly what I do now. Yeah, sounds amazing. Thank you for sharing. And I wish you good luck with that. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation. So please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show. And don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, leave us a message, we'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening, take care and be limitless my friends.